This episode of Channel Mind News is for information only. Please do your own research before making any investment decision or alternatively seek advice from a registered financial advisor. Happy New Year's. Lucas, I haven't talked to you since then. When did we have the last one? Well, your, oh, that uh, was... your uh, birthday, no, oh, not birthday, the, the Christmas, Christmas bash. That's right. The, it's the last the, time we saw each other. The, the Sunday RV wheeling and dealing sesh. Yeah. So, I reckon that's going to become a little good little little network and see people go For sure. free schooners and, and get bloody uh, get a bit of business. That's the aim. That's going to... It was a good afternoon, mate. Yeah. Nice lamb rolls and... Um, yeah, I, I had to keep my bald head out of the sun by perching myself <laughs> underneath your um, marquee another, there. I've got to get another gazebo for next year because everyone <laughs> was jammed, packed. If if everyone actually came, I would have needed a bloody third gazebo. So. Oh, I was about to crawl under the uh, trampoline <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got you. I should have lathered you up in a bit of sunscreen. Just get a bit of a spray on the way in for all the bald fuck. On the uh, egghead, yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, we're back We're back into it. Uh, 2023, she's all go, especially for you guys. You picked up up a big dog 383 mil market cap alkane resources alk on board with his now yeah no really Corporate story time hitting the big time yeah oh, well, it looks it's great to be working with a company of that scale and magnitude and and um the the team that they've got there is really first class so managing director nick erner has been with the company quite a long time but you know i think he's been the managing director for a few years now also um pretty familiar with uh james carter who's the cfo and company secretary so yeah i mean as you know working with good people you know and good companies it's really yeah it's it's what you strive for um and they're in my they're in my neck of the woods there new south well anything that's new south wales on I'm keen to talk about, mate. It's yeah. a good state of origin feel about it. So, look, we'll give a bit of context on what Alkane's all about. They've got the um, a few aspects. They've got the Tommingley op- Gold operation, which is in production. They've got a mineral resource out for their Boda Prospect, um, big gold copper porphyry uh, resource estimate, and they've also got assay results out recently for their kaiser project and they've got a resource estimation underway for that so that's to give you as i said 440 meter hits of 0.46 grams per ton gold equivalent so we're in that porphyry high tonnage low grade space that australia usually isn't renowned for but this new south wales region is renowned for it because we're just up the up the highway from the cadia prospect Cadia Valley um, operations of Newcrest. So, look, later away, mate. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's lot, just lot the aspiration stuff. You've got the expiration and you've got the in-production aspect as well, So, which yeah. makes it a bit of an exciting stock. Yeah, well, I mean, that's right. So, you know, any any, any company that, that's got um, a porphyry project uh, as, an, as an expiration project is going to be able to, going to need to be able to foot the bill for some fairly large expiration bills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, in this case, um, yeah, Alkane owns this project 100%, um, but you know they are a company with a very strong balance sheet, despite the fact that they've only made this discovery a few years ago, and that's as a result of some some very um, um, good uh, success at their operations at the Tommingley Gold um, operations, which is um, a, a, 
uh, gold mine that they've you know brought into production in 2014 um, and have consistently uh, outperformed guidance um, and have actually you know it's probably a, a good time to come in and um, point out that they've uh, exceeded their production forecast for the December quarter and that's led them to uh, upgrade guidance which was between you know, sort of 55 and 60,000 ounces to somewhere between 62 and 70,000 ounces for the financial year so uh, they continue to um, you know, generate a lot of cash out of that asset. They've also done extremely well within, you know, some of their listed investments. Um, the, most recently, uh, they sold over the course of uh, calendar year 2022, $34 million worth of stock in Genesis that obviously had a very large uplift over the course of the last few years um, or a couple of years as a result of, um, you know, the rally, 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 the rally, rally, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the company's increasingly important position in the Leonora district. So, yeah, um, uh, th th they've got a strong balance sheet. There's you know between cash bullion and listed investments, I think 114 million dollars on the balance sheet. Um, a market cap of 380 million dollars. I think the market cap could be a hell of a lot higher. And I think that you know if if people um, paid attention to yesterday's announcement um, you know, regarding this production upgrade um you know they'd see that the uh the, the operations there are, are really generating a lot of cash and it looks as if they're hoping to get the extension project approval for tommingley um approved by the new south wales government um very soon uh which will allow them to sort of start building um a, 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 a production profile uh, heading towards a hundred thousand ounces a year over the next couple of years so this has been a fantastic asset um and yeah it's helping them deliver i think what's going to be a world-class porphyry um uh exploration project um down the road at boda um it's a, it's very valuable company i think so earlier in the year they were up above dollar 20 near dollar 30 and they've um retraced down to Look, they were sub 60 cents. They've had an uplift this week from the good, uh, the guidance update. So, a lot of downward pressure on the share price. Is that market conditions or what's the go there? Certainly, to an extent, it would be market mm. conditions. I don't think it's been easy going for any of the gold companies. You'd see that you know, 2022 was a tough year for a lot of the producers from a share price point of view. Mm. Um, it's probably worth pointing out as well because you know it's, it's public it's on the public record that the um chairman Ian Gandal has sold some stock um but you know you can see from um the announcement regarding Tommingley and the continued success at Boda that that's not uh, an insider selling because they uh, uh, you know because the operations are um in, in some way not performing that's quite the contrary these operations are, are flying everyone's got their own personal reasons for needing to have get their hands on some cash so you know i don't think that that's something that um, people should get too preoccupied by yeah and so in terms of the expiration so you got the um 10 million ounce gold equivalent resource at Bodo, along with the mineral resource estimate coming out for kaiser and we've got some pretty big hits of some big porphyry intersections um a lot of potential there being up the road from Newcrest for look are they was the I, I assume the goal of a company like this would be to build a pretty big resource up and um be getting tapped on the shoulder by an evolution yeah, I or suppose so. I mean, to I, you, uh put the capital in for it long term. Yeah, I mean you would think that you know there are many different ways to skin the cat, but uh I think that you know Alkane is is on the record as really putting all of their energies into making Boda 
um, much bigger. And I think that given that this discovery was only made a few years ago and they've already built that sort of 10 million ounce equivalent resource, there's a lot of scope for this to get bigger. And my mm. understanding is that, you know, a lot of these porphyry deposits in that region um, occur in clusters. So it's a matter of finding, you know, where those other clusters might be if they're around uh, and focusing on the higher grade. And I suppose at some point you might build a resource that is just too good for someone not to buy, particularly if the if the if the valuation of the company, um, you know, doesn't reflect the intrinsic value. So you know, I think that what uh, Nick and his team are going to be doing is is trying to you know bring attention to the fact that this is a company that's got a very valuable producing gold asset, and at the same time is building a world class porphyry deposit in, in in you know an area which is got a heap of infrastructure to, to process this sort of material. Yeah, and look, just looking at the cross-section here, because that Kaiser, which is awaiting the mineral resource estimate, that's one kilometre away from Boda, and then you've got uh, holes all around that, and it all looks pretty, what are we going down to? Like, it's all, it looks like potential for big open pits there as well, like yeah. a lot of near surface. Very consistent um, mineralisation. Very, very consistent, um, so a lot of potential there for some, some easy easy dirt early on so which you yeah. assume a bigger because you as as i said you got we're talking porphyries in the area you've got the cadia valley just down the road so this one's just south of dubbo you've got uh north parks in the area that's a historic porphyry system you've got cowl as yep. well evolution down at cow i'm not sure is cowl a porphyry yes it is yeah and evolution obviously cashed up so yeah a lot of potential for as we said, and uh, as we're going to discuss through the episode, a lot of uh, the the M and A scene of uh, companies merging, and who's pretty much a race of who's got the capital these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the right district, and and they're already onto something, and, and it's big. So, mm. um, how big it gets, you know, time will tell. But um, there's been a lot of good geology to get it to this point, and um, a lot of good technical work, and you know it. it it's it's just great that this company's got the financial capacity to to really deliver the maximum amount of value that that a, a lot of other smaller companies would find difficult to achieve. Oh, and the fact that there's no there isn't the pressure of uh, how many quarters are left before we run out of money and need to raise when you've got the seventy thousand ounces coming out of a producing operation right. to fund you fund a big amount of exploration. So it's um it's good good little mix. Got it sounds like it's got a good little feel about it. Once uh yeah know, I guess yeah as you said downward pressure with the chairman selling shares but uh bit yeah, of uplifting gold I mean, sentiment. The the, the the people within the company are, are really high quality and very dedicated and and you know they've got great assets to work with. So um yeah this company's gonna have a good good year for, I believe both from operations and share price point of view. Yeah, very good. ALK, chuck it on your watch list. Righto, next. King West. They've had just had recently had a merger with uh, Brightstar. Give us a bit of context on that. Well, what been, is it with around, anything around Leonora seems to be merging at the moment. Yeah. So this is another example of it. So Yeah. So um, you know, these are two companies that hopefully the some of the parts will equal, you know, more than what, what they're worth separately. Um uh, th that is that, that King West have announced the intention to merge with Brightstar Resources. Brightstar uh, near um, Laberton um, have got a mill that needs a bit of work, but have, have, have got a mill there that um, uh, has 
potentially could you know process some of the ore uh, that um, c the two c companies collectively will sit on somewhere around the realms of a, a million ounces. Um, you're right, it is sort of, you know, the King West resources are uh, about half a million ounces uh, around Menzies, uh, which is so south, south of Leonora, yep. and then Laverton's east of Leonora. Um, I suppose there's no secret that, that the Leonora region is under mm -hmm. consolidation um, with, um, you know, the St. Barbara and uh, Genesis merger sort of, you know, uh, looking to sort of, you know, be completed sometime the, over the course of this year. And it would make sense that, you know, this um, um, you know, a million ounce deposit in that region may, you know, be of um, strategic value or of benefit to one of those larger groups with substantial infrastructure in the region. So I think, um, yeah, this is a situation where the, the two companies, you know, coming together, uh, the addition of some, some infrastructure, um, it, it actually does create a pathway for both companies to get the critical mass that they need to come into production and actually generate real you know, cash value from, from the ounces that they've got in the ground. Uh, they're going to be, the company is going to be led by um, a Canaccord corporate executive um, that's you know, really highly regarded, a guy called Alex Rivera. Um, he is the... Um, uh, uh, sort of uh, proposed managing director of the merge group, which will at this stage still be, you know, be known as Brightstar. Um, it'll all go through if it goes through sometime in the course of the first half of this year. So there's still a fair bit of water to go under the bridge. But um, in any case, Alex is um, the son of um, a, a, a very well-known exploration geologist, um, Tony Rivera, who um, was sort of credited as being the, the leader of the team of people at Jubilee that discovered the um, Cosmos uh, nickel um, um, dis well, deposit. So, Which is Odysseus now. Yeah, Odysseus, yeah. yeah. And he, uh, Tony's now the managing director of another nickel explorer called Azur um, that's got some operations up in the Pilbara. So, um, yeah, Alex is, is someone that's got that technical background. He's a geologist. He's also a, um, a, a, a really well-regarded um, uh, finance executive, uh, and he's going to come along with uh, another um, young motivated guy that's a, a mining engineer um, uh, called uh, Dean Valve, who uh, currently is... Um, uh, I think the sort of chief operations officer um, with um, King West. So hopefully they come together as a bit of a dream team and are able to deliver some value out of strategically positioned ounces in Western Australia. Yep. So she's obviously a bit of a a bit of a haul to um, get the dirt from south of Leonora to east of Leonora. But um, well, can't can't complain. At least you got somewhere to bloody to mill it. So you've got 21 million tonne at one and a half grams for 965,000 ounces. Now, is that the, that's the combined, that's the combined of the merger? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So I, I, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head, but I know, I know King West resource at Menzies is around half a million ounces. So mm. it must be somewhere in the realms of 460 or something like that, um, that Brightstar brings to the table, but they've also got that infrastructure. Yep. Um, and that's all is that that's all open pit at King West? Yeah, I don't think there's anything in the resource that is below about 120 meters. Um, yep. so yeah, King the Menzies Goldfield was historically a very rich goldfield. There is really strong potential for them to identify high grade lenses within the resource that they've got now. Mm. Um, 
the, the I think uh, production started at Menzies sometime in the late 19th century. They've produced nine, uh, sorry, I, I think it's uh, around 800 and something thousand ounces at 19 grams a ton. Yeah, right. So it's a narrow vein, high grade gold field. Um, and it hasn't been in production since the 1990s. So, um, yeah, there's real potential for them to build a uh, um, resource that, that carries high grade uh, at depth and a long strike. So what's the news flow for King West? Are they going to be mining and trucking pretty quickly? What, what's the news flow? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how, how quickly they'll be, you know, getting into production with the um, – uh, the infrastructure they inherit from this bright star transaction um, but they do have uh, and they have announced sort of some intentions over the course of the last 12 months to do some profit sharing sort of um, mining on a small scale with some of their higher grade you know easily accessible um, ounces that they've got at uh, at menzies so uh, they are actually in a in a jv which they're hoping to sort of firm up uh, which is going to see them um, start to produce um, some some ounces via a JV with um, a group called BML Ventures, uh, who have got some um, processing infrastructure. So yeah, BML Ventures are a private group. Um, they're looking to to try and uh, monetize the Selkirk deposit. Uh, it's it's likely to see um, uh, King West um, get an opportunity to generate some cash from that deposit without them actually putting up any capital. Um, and um, from uh, BML's point of view, yes, they, they, they put in the sort of capital to get in, into mining, but uh, they get an opportunity to get their hands on these ounces and, and they sort of uh, plan to split the profits on a 50-50 sort of basis. That'll, that'll keep, um, you know, King West, um, you know, w with enough cash to, to do what they, they want to do uh, in terms of exploration. Um, and, um, yeah, it'll, it'll allow them to um, continue to work towards, um, yeah, this uh, arrangement with Bright Star um, to to merge with a group that that may be able to generate a lot more value from their assets combined. So, uh, without having to go back and you know dilute shareholders at what would probably be a fairly um, uh, unsatisfactory uh, kind of price level to raise money at. So, yeah, yeah that, I, I think that these guys are, are are going in the right direction for a small company. They are actually you know fairly close to generating cash from a very meaningful resource, and then they've got this opportunity to to build themselves into something that you know a, a larger company may like to eye off um, from a strategic sort of uh, point of view in terms of its location. Sounds like the the highway hauling of uh, crushed ore is going to become pretty normal. Yeah, in the, in this. and I think if you've got the grade, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. So if if, if King West can keep to, uh, identifying higher grade portions of their ore body, and as I said, the the historical production is sort of you know, over nineteen grams a ton. Um, you know, you can tolerate that 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 trucking cost. God, good luck if you're a kangaroo in Leonora these days. Eh? There's going to be that many bloody trucks all flying around yeah. on the highway. So <laughs> yeah, right. Next one for the. Uh, CST Sweet TI1 Tombador Iron. We'll get on to a bit of bloody iron, especially, and that's a good, not a bad thematic to talk about with uh, possible China easing, reopening, a bit of a better sentiment around uh, global growth, which is good for iron, good for copper. So tell us a bit about them, mate. Two and a yeah, half cents company, for 53 mil market cap. Yeah. This company's, uh, I, th I think, um, that the assets came into um, the vehicle that's now called Tombador Iron in October 2020. So they've been around for a bit over two years. At that time, 
they were um, they'd raised about fifteen million dollars to bring this um, mine into production, and it is the highest grade hematite um, iron ore. So it's you know the the, um, the resource Rolls grades. Iron ore. Yeah, it's around 66 percent iron ore, mm. high lump content, which, which creates a premium as well. So it is probably the highest grade um, hematite product you can find anywhere in the world these days. So um, I think Real, their premium stuff's about 62, 62. 64. So the stuff yeah. that you see quoted, um, you know, in the financial press is always in relation to the Pilbara-based stuff at 62%, which is the, the higher end. Uh, so these guys will get a premium to that price. Um, and they have done everything that they could possibly do to get into production. They've got all their permitting sorted out in a, in a short space of time. They got into production, I think, you know, less than 12 months after they actually raised that money. Um, the the issue sort of was that you know the iron ore price had a bit of a, a retracement and then um, global uh, shipping prices sort of penalised them for selling uh, product into Europe where a lot of their markets um, you know existed initially. So what they've been trying to do is to generate um, more domestic sales and they've been going quite well with that. But I think that they are looking to you know generate a, a real step change that they they go from um you know producing uh, sorry selling um a majority of their um product into the domestic market uh, rather than you know in the first couple of years uh, you know the, the majority of the volume has been sold into the seaborne market so um yeah the company uh is i think looking to benefit from an uplift in iron ore prices which is starting to occur already uh iron ore prices at one point last year got well under 100 dollars. i think they're well over 110 us now um and they have you know demonstrated that the the, the commissioning of the project's gone extremely well over the course of that that sort of 18 month period and they've been into production um and uh, yeah, the the last sort of you know trick up their sleeve to to deliver to shareholders is to increase the domestic um, sales, which basically means that they don't have to uh, wear the the um, the export costs, the cost of you know getting product um, to um, the port, the cost the cost of loading onto a ship, and then the cost of getting it across the seas into uh, across the Atlantic into Europe. If they can find markets within. Brazil, it's much simpler from a logistical point of view. The, uh, in many cases, the um, the Brazilian steel customer will actually you know, send a truck to the gate, and once it rolls out, it's no longer the company, the, no longer Tombador's problem. It's it basically um, invoiced at that point from you know at, at the sort of agreed payment um, um, details um, uh, from the point the truck rolls through the mine gate. So. Yeah, it's a great little company. The the um, the team in um, Brazil have done a fantastic job. Um, the CEO there, um, Gabriel Oliva, is you know to be commended for the incredible job that he's done to to get that project up and in production. You know during the the, the COVID pandemic, which you know hit Brazil probably as hard as any other country, um, but he was able to do it on time and under budget. So you know it's fantastic effort and now it's really just the final pieces to make sure that they can really generate as as, as high a margin as they can um, by delivering um, a, 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 an uptick in volumes to the domestic steel customers. So that because that would be the the trick to make iron ore work on a smaller scale would be that uh, credit for the extra grade. Like yeah, that would be, a um, as you know, iron ore is a very high capital intensive big tonne 
like well, it's not that it's low graded, but it's just a low grade product for the cost. Whereas if they've got that uh, little kicker on the grade, they'd have to uh, a chance of making a smaller iron ore show a bit feasible. Yeah, and the way uh, the way I understand it is that the the customers that are receiving it now, it, they they do find that it performs extremely well in their furnaces. Um, I think they you know they've, they've very happy with the chemical properties and and the way that it performs in terms of the steel making process so um i'd say that you know the, the groups that take it on will soon get addicted to it yep yep what's their news flow looking like for the next six months or so well i think it's it's basically um you know working up those volumes um because the mining operations are, are humming along nicely and they've got you know capacity to actually increase throughput and production um provided they get uh, the the necessary um uh margins um from from the sales so um yeah it's it's really all about that one piece of the puzzle falling into place and you know uh, or you know if the iron ore price goes up to an extent where you know the, there's really attractive margins again in in into the domestic sorry into the export markets then they'll always sell a bit into both markets to keep the other one sort of you know fair yeah so. yeah right last one for the day cosmo metals uh, and this is a, a spin-out from Great Boulder, another one of your clients. They've uh, got an operation, base metals operation, west of Greer, the JV between Gold Road and Goldfields. Um, tell us a bit about them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. Um, the, the good thing about having Greer down the road is that all of the infrastructure that's been built to get out uh, to that mine basically runs through um, Cosmo's ground. How so convenient. Everything's always near roads with... Found. Shane McClay mentioned it the other day. Like the, everything's always discovered near a road. Maybe you should like head in a bit further. We might actually <laughs> find even more. It seems yeah. like they just go drill next to well, roads. Yeah, I think when they found that grew air, there weren't too many you know, sealed roads getting nah, out there. No, that is but very they, isolated east of Laverton. So yeah, yeah but uh, after they found it, it, it was certainly worth their while to build a road and a power line out there. And yep. that's sort of you know that is convenient for uh, Cosmo. Or it will be um, if and when they. Uh, discover a, a base metals ore body that they are exploring for at the moment. So, um, yeah, the the Mount Ben um, uh, mineralization that they've identified at their Yamana projects um, uh, is you know a, a, recently some um, some shallow drilling that has been done uh, via a nine hole RC program uh, in the sort of October um, has a, sort of extended the uh, strike length at Mount Ben from one and a half kilometres to two point four kilometres. Um, so they really have discovered a lot of, you know, massive and disseminated sulfides in this system uh, that are um, nickel, copper, and cobalt bearing. Um, and yeah, recently they've they've um, they've actually drilled a hole that that appears to, um, you know, at least um, as from the XPF data, um, host some um, zinc mineralisation as well, which is which is quite close to a hole that was drilled by the former owners uh, and major shareholders. Um, they were great boulder, uh, and that's a, that was a, a historic hole that um, recorded 12 metres at 0.8% zinc, 3.3 grams a tonne silver, and some lead as well. So, yeah, um, they, they're, they're utilising some pretty funky you know, downhole EM and, and, um, and some, you know, um, 
some other geophysics um, that uh, are lighting up a lot of really exciting targets. It's a small company with a with a relatively small value, so um, I think the market cap would be around eight million bucks at the moment. Anything that they discover out here, as I say, is going to be incredibly valuable, and there's a hell of a lot of leverage uh, in the stock at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I, I suppose um, really enthusiastic about what. Um, the MD, James Merrilies and his team are, are likely to sort of uncover um, from this asset over the course of this year. How much money they got in the bank to keep them drilling? Uh, as of um, uh, yeah, the September quarter, which was the last you know reported quarter, uh, for cash is $2.1 bucks. Yep, yep. Very good. All right, I think that'll do us for the day, mate. Cheers for that. Congrats on getting in the uh, – congrats on the new clients, mate. In uh, 2023, big year for – corporate story time we're going to be bringing all the american money over pete's going to be uh and i look forward to because we agreed on a little commission rate for every bit of 100 million that comes over yeah yeah no nah, mate pete's pete's a ripper and yeah i'm really looking forward to getting him in front of some of those north american investor groups that he knows so well so um yeah and representing our clients um yeah to that audience so i think it'll be great and the year of the dockers they reckon so mate, bring it on <laughs> I've been saying that every uh, January for the last 28 years, mate. So. Oh, mate, I've got a good feel about it. Bloody gold, gold in the dockers are going up uh, this year, I reckon. Now we're talking. <laughs> right, good on your comment. Cheers, mate. See you, mate.